0: Greatest star wars podcast
1: yeah. roger,
0: roger. you're listening to star wars sessions with matt hudson and luke fly this is where the fun begins
2: good morning afternoon or evening wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to star wars sessions come for the star wars stay for the sessions my name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon. He's the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. And it got me thinking about this group I read about. Were they the Knights of Ren or just a bunch of naughty Sith cultists? All I know is they are called the Acoblites of the Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> All my days, these Bly
0: puns, they're not stopping people. They are not stopping. The spice train is here, and it is coming to your town very (laughs) soon. Mate, boy, I love it, mate.
2: Very impressive. Very impressive. I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, the only way is down, but, you know, I I, I keep saying it every week. We are going to get that spice train. We're going to chug it over to 100, and then on the on the glorious 100th episode we shall potentially retire the bly puns because they are getting more of a stretch each week but as i say they all count
0: yes every bly pun that actually there is a saying for every bly pun it saves a fairy so
2: (laughs) yeah so after a hundred there's gonna be a fairy massacre a fairy order 66
0: yeah exactly we're gonna uh
2: Destroy the fairy scum. <laughs> uh, don't know where this is going to be honest, mate. Uh, well, it's going a bit dark, it is. isn't it, isn't it? But it's alright. It's Monday evening. It's it is dark outside. It's a fall for our American friends, autumn for the rest of the world, and um, we're yeah. gonna kill the fairies. So how are you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too
0: bad. I, do you know what I had a pucker day. Yeah. Um, I went out with my work team for a cheeky pub lunch, mate, oh, on the old nice. company. Mate, do you know what? I think every work day should be a pub lunch day. Just be like, right, so morning's done, to the pub, have a lunch, come back, short afternoon, and See the uh, afternoon.
2: that's it, really. What did you have at the pub, then, other than, other than a beer? What did right. you have at the pub?
0: Do you know what? No beerios, actually, mate. It was a soft pub Very lunch professional. through 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 So, do you know what? And everyone was happy with that. And to be honest, I wasn't that bothered because I've been on a on a um and you know, not on it, but I've been <laughs> I've just had a, like quite a few beers in the past week. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I've actually not even got a beer with me tonight. That's a
2: surprise. Which is
0: uh... which? Yeah, it is a surprise. to Be sure, but welcome one. It's a welcome. one. A welcome so one. there we go. Um, but no mate, right, for starters I had like a prawn and salmon uh it's like a Swedish skagen God, inspired nice. dish. It was really, really nice. And for mains, I had a chicken, uh um brie and bacon pie with like cream potato and broccoli <laughs> and gravy. It was like proper English, like homely food. It was incredible. Proper autumnal was lovely, mate. Lovely.
2: That sounds perfect. I love a pie anyway, as anyone who's seen me will attest, but I love a good pie, and that sounds incredible. I prefer a flan. (laughs) Lighter pastry. Uh, How on earth are you, Matty Boyer? You okay? Yeah, man, I haven't had any pies today, or I haven't had any beers, actually. I've been a good boy. Um, Again, smoothies and movies for me. Yeah, not so bad, man. Just enjoying a fairly chilled out weekend, and... um, Getting used to the weather over here and getting used to having the heating on a little bit. But that aside, mm. my friend, I've been looking forward to Monday as per to uh, to jump on the Essex Falcon and see where it takes us.
0: Or whatever mystery there is to our listener who's listening. that's, right. that, that's right. They might be listening on like a Tuesday in 2021. Like
2: Could be 2026 20, for, you know, we're on episode yeah. 6000.
0: Yeah, you never know. You never know, but this is episode 83, isn't it, boy? And we have some filth for this episode and this week in the Sessions universe.
2: Yes, we do. And again, up top, Lukey boy, we've got news about a new patron.
0: Yes, we do. A big shout out to our latest, 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 latest patron, Robert Lawson who has joined at the high ground tier. Big shout out to Robert. Thank you so much, dude.
2: Yes, I hope you enjoy all the content we're putting out. Uh, Rob, mate, thank you so much for joining at that level. Uh, We've got a jibber-jabber winner this month. Uh, The Journal of Luke Blywalker dropped last week. And Pubcast, if you're listening on the day of release, Pubcast has just been released. And we've just had a beerio. So all of us talk about not actually having one. We've just had one. Begin the first week of October, we're dropping something pretty cool again. So keep your eyes out on that, Rob. You have got exclusive access to that. So thank you so much for joining up, mate.
0: Yes. And and do you know what? Before we crack on, I'm just going to say it now at the start of the show. Please, guys, if you listen to this show regularly, please head over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a review because it helps us so, 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 so much. Because we know a lot of you guys listen so if a couple of you could spare a review, it would be absolutely magnificent for us and absolutely filth for everyone, so we'd really appreciate it
2: yep, I absolutely second that uh, if you've got a few seconds, do please go and do it and we'll we'll love you forever so but in the background, I can hear I, I can hear the sound of the chiming of it sounds like big Ben canobi mate Oh, is it well, let's go say hello. <laughs>
0: Hasbro and Haslab are releasing a huge model of the Razorcrest if they reach at least 6,000 paid supporters. More details at StarWars.com.
2: Fans got their first look at Stellon Geos's elegant High Republic lightsaber in the upcoming The Lightsaber Collections book.
0: Dark Ray and Jar Jar Binks are amongst the latest figures announced for the Black Series range.
2: And Black Mirror's Toby Haynes has stepped in to direct the first few episodes of the Cassian Andor series after Tony Gilroy stepped aside for COVID safety reasons. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star
0: Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably
3: the UK's best Star Wars program.
2: Now for this week, we are we're branching out once again on sessions. As you know, we like to cover as much of the galaxy far far away as possible. And to be honest, we have a good time covering every single facet possible. So a looky boy, we decided to do something again a little bit different this week and something that in the previous 82 episodes we haven't really touched upon have we mate no we've we've not touched on this like
0: at all i don't think um so we've been sadly um and i have to say sadly inspired by a certain gentleman called ron cobb ron cobb was an artist um he did concept art illustrative art you know Lots of things. He is responsible for the designs of the Ithorian. Ithorian. Yeah. Ithorian. Um, Let's have a look. The Gotels which is these are all aliens in star wars he come up with uh concepts even with the stormtrooper riding a giant lizard you know just a lot of things like that but also a lot of other sci-fi work like he did work for back to the future and the alien franchise too Mm -hmm. so very diverse skilled uh gentleman and i was going through his art it was It was absolutely fantastic. And a lot of it is just unchanged. They've they've just rolled of his exact design. You can see just his design was just made into reality in that first Star Wars in 1977. So sadly, uh, Ron Cobb uh, passed away last week. And so this is where we came across it right but it did actually just get matt and i just talking in general right so this wasn't necessarily for podcast. we were just talking about concept art in general and natty boy was like well we've not we've not done like any concept stuff concept art stuff for our podcast like at all we have just not looked at that and it's something i think you know personally i take for granted a little bit i think we all take for granted just the magnificence of the, the art that goes into Star Wars, especially in the 70s. And when you're talking about concept art and stuff, you, you can't help but speak of, you know, these people like Ron Cobb and other artists that contributed to Star Wars. But really, your mind just ends up going to Ralph Macquarie. So to start off this show, it is a massive shout out to Ron Cobb. Uh, thank you. But above all, I think it's a rest in peace, Ron Cobb.
2: Well said, mate. Couldn't have said that any better. So uh, Ron Cobb's contribution and legacy will live on in the concept art of Star Wars. Alongside, as you mentioned, uh, Ralph Macquarie, who we worked with uh, during that first Star Wars film, as it was known, himself and John Mollo. They created a lot of the aliens which were seen in the cantina. We thought we'd discuss the work of Ralph Macquarie, the man who, the man who pretty much, alongside George Lucas and Martha, Martha Lucas and John Williams, created what we know about Star Wars. If it wasn't for Ralph Macquarie's vision and hands, would we even have a Star Wars? I think we're going to know the answer to that, and I'm sure we're going to answer it during the show. But you know, without Ralph, we we get a completely, completely different Star Wars and obviously back in 75 George Lucas is trying to hawk out Star Wars to major studios but you know how are you going to try and how are you going to describe what Chewbacca looks like, what the Millennium Falcon what the cantina full of these strange aliens looks like well George couldn't he know he knew he needed some help visualising this and we've got a little sound clip here of George describing how he met Ralph, what he wanted from Ralph and what Ralph actually gave him <laughs>
3: I think Ralph's contribution to the Star Wars world is incalculable. It's just, you know, him bringing the characters that I described with words to life and visuals to yeah. be able to see what they look like, uh, you know, was a, comp- a very key component in being able to put the whole story together because uh, it's one thing to describe things and then it's a one thing to actually be able to hold a picture up. And the pictures were so accurate in terms of what I wanted that it was very easy then as I kept going on and say, this is what I want the Death Star to look like. This is what I want the desert to look like. This is what I want, you know. So a lot of those things uh, were crucial in, uh, you know, the development now, the other person who was involved in that was John Barry, who would go out and find the homestead and, and, you know, then Ralph would do a drawing of it. And so he even helped the art department visualize exactly what it is they were, what we were working with. <laughs>
2: So, Lukey Boy, George Lucas himself has said with Ralph McQuarrie's contribution to Star Wars was incalculable.
0: Oh, dude. I think all, all you need to do is kind of look at sci-fi or fantasy, really, before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, even, even the fantasy in books, yeah. Um, like medieval fantasy was all just like dudes in just tights <laughs> and, <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Like, and seriously let's let's think of flash gordon you know it's just so over the top just nonsense it's very campy wasn't it? it it's very campy it's very very campy um but what ralph got was he all he needed was to hear a few words you know i want it to be set in the future but it it needs to be used it needs to be actually lived in there was nothing like that nothing like that and just ralph's ability to create just translated that that george's vision and ralph's literal vision yeah what was in his mind and what he could put on paper you know when i think of star wars I think of Ralph's designs. Mm-hmm. When I think of when I was first watching the original trilogy around my nan and granddad's um, house, you know, it's all Ralph Macquarie stuff. The landscapes, the colours, the designs, the aliens, the rich universe. Mate, the story, the story. Oh, mate, it's incredible. But it's like, it's it kind of reminds me of that film. And, and actually the film... It, it is inspired by just music mm-hmm. itself. But it's like you can't have real music without lyrics and you can't have lyrics without music, you know, for a real good song. Mm-hmm. You know, usually everyone's favourite song is made up of those two things. And it's like, yeah, you need the story and you need the visuals, you know, for a film. Like, yeah, of course you do. But, like, the the, the combination of what was in George's head and what Ralph was able to illustrate just made for pure Pure
2: magic, mate. Looking back at everything Ralph's done for this show, and just everything we've seen over the you know over the years we've been fans, just made me think just how how lucky George Lucas was. Because I mentioned John Williams as well, but you had the story and you had the visualization. Add on to that that when George then gave John Williams a call and heard the, the fanfare, and that was it. Can you imagine? He must have felt like the luckiest man in the world to have this incredible concept art, and obviously the music to go with it. It's just Everything worked when it needed to for George, but without you know, he could have had the best scorer in the world, but without it visually looking like it did, there isn't the Star Wars that we know and we absolutely love now. And and Ralph, when he was commissioned to do these drawings, he did them. But listen to what the man himself says here about where he thought the ideas would go.
3: I never really thought it would be a film while I was working on those originals paintings. It seemed so vast a project to me. There was quite a few things set up by George, and I felt I was drawing what he wanted things to look like. I don't think that either of us thought that's the way the movie was going to look, necessarily. These were just sketches that were the best we could do in terms of how we felt it should look, but not necessarily the end product in the sense that this was really going to be it. But it sort of turned out to be it in the end, for the most part. And some of those paintings were virtually rendered intact on, onto the screen in Star Wars for certain scenes.
2: So, mate, Ralph himself has just said, you know, I've done these drawings, but I had no idea they were actually going to make a film out of this because it was too vast. And he's even come out and said that he thought it was too expensive of a project to make and... George and um, Gary Kurtz went to England for a couple of weeks to scout locations. Came back and said, "Well, actually, we- this film's going to be made. So if you can, if you can just keep keep pumping out these designs, that would be quite handy for us." And he is right. A lot of his dis- a lot of his artwork actually, when it was put on the screen, was almost unchanged. If you, if you put the side by side of what made it into the seventy seven Star Wars and what uh, Ralph himself drew, there's a few scenes which are completely. Completely untouched. So Ralph himself, mate, didn't even think his work was going to be, you know, amount to anything. So what do you think about that when you hear that? Knowing what we know now,
0: dude. I mean, this is this is the gentleman that started off working and and doing like commissions for drawing teeth and dental wow. equipment. Yeah, and then he became an artist and a designer, like an illustrator for mm-hmm. Boeing. And here's the interesting thing. He started doing like news graphics, like live news graphics mm-hmm. um, for the uh, space program. Nice. So when the Americans were sending stuff to space, like constantly it felt, I'm sure, like I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you? But, but you get the idea, right? That's, that's where basically it got George's attention, yeah. right? And so, with that in mind, right, and what we've just heard, it's kind of like Ralph was like just going with it. Yeah, he was just like, "Well, I don't think this is going to ma- be made anyway, so I'm going to be as creative as possible. I'm going to just do what what kind of George has told me, and, and the rest is history." So I'm going to do this because, you know, it's not, I'm going to have fun with it because it's not going to be made anyway, right? And it seems like that's the attitude that that kind of both of them had george and ralph and the fact that like you said mate the fact that a few years later these paintings are are moments from some of the most famous cinema in history yeah guy who went from drawing teeth <laughs> yeah teeth and dental equipment to literally almost creating scenes mm-hmm in some of the most recognisable and iconic cinema ever is is unbelievable. And that's an underdog story, if I ever heard one. That, that is just absolutely remarkable. But it's a testament to the absolute raw talent that Ralph Macquarie had. I mean, there isn't Star Wars without Ralph Macquarie to be honest. And what we are just like touching the iceberg at this point in the show.
2: Doc, mate, it's... It's amazing to think that you can you can sit there and in '75 and you've got George Lucas, this young up and coming director, saying, "Right, this is my idea. Here's a script. Re- you read it, and you know, see what you can come up with." Basically, you know, see, there's there's a ship called the Millennium Falcon, as it became known as. Here's the cantina scene. Uh, we've got a guy called Darth Vader, for example, and we've got this thing called a Death Star. Here's what I say about it. Visualize that for me, basically obviously i'm not a artist or a concept artist so i i wouldn't i'd struggle with that but the idea that the the dude can just come up with so many of these designs and of course at the time he didn't know they were going to become iconic but they have so we can look at it through that lens as well but just even just starting off just coming out of all these designs honestly my mind boggles when i when, when we went back and looked through all of them and even now i know we're going to mention legacy later but even now they this, Ralph is still omnipresent in the universe as he should be in the galaxy, but it's. I just found it interesting here yeah, to hear that, like you said, a man who went from drawing teeth to pretty much setting up and designing the biggest franchise of them all, you know, kind of said, "Well, I did it, but I didn't expect it to go anywhere." So I just thought, "Why not?" I think that's. I think that's a, ma- a mental. But uh, we've mentioned the characters, you know, three PO, Vader, R two, Chewy, the Cantina, Death Star, later Bespin. Cloud City, the Tuscans, the Sandcrawler—it's just it's it's incredible. Uh, Jabba's palace became Nima's outpost, one of his concepts on Jakku in the Force Awakens. I mean, uh, if you watch a film called Metropolis back in the twenties, there's a robot called the the Mashing Mensch, that is who three PO is inspired mm. by. And it's very and if you watch that film, and you should do because it's a very good film, um, Fritz Lang film, then you can see where the inspiration came from. So he was taking inspiration from other areas, but you know, it was this is still very much his own thing, but just that kind of list of some of the concept art that he was responsible for. And that is, like you say, touching the iceberg tip of the iceberg.
1: That's just yeah, some of yeah, them. But yeah.
2: People like Vader, big boy Vader, in the first uh, concept art with him fighting Deke Starkiller. Nothing's changed apart from like a few. Uh, they've just smoothed him out a little bit. Pretty much the first concept he gave of Darth Vader was the one they went with, and the most iconic baddie in film history. It's it's mental
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's it really is mind-blowing mate just as you were going through that list i couldn't help but think of the bounty hunters picture on cloud city yes and it's literally that's the birth of like these incredible incredible characters and and they're sitting there on cloud city it's like literally unchanged Mm -hmm. like that's exactly what you see in Empire Strikes Back. And that gave birth to so much in, in Star Wars. It really is just, it really is remarkable. And like you said, like the lightsaber dueling with, with like Luke Starkiller. And Luke Starkiller it, at the time. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, we went through, it went through loads of stuff. And he actually was the, uh, uh, Ralph MacQuarie was the um, person who gave Vader uh, a breathing Apparatus. It was his he? idea, like a, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, to make him just more villainous, you know, just just more more naughty. Uh, <laughs> just, seeing these landscapes, man, just seeing, like you said, um the uh, Jawa um crawler, you know, the, the sand speeder. Um and those pictures are and, so good of that. And what's remarkable, mate, is that Now, in 2020, in 2020, we are seeing these designs once more in The Mandalorian. And they still, they still look absolutely incredible. They look absolutely spicy. They look filth and above all, they just look
2: so good. So good. Uh, One of my favorites, mate, is one of Luke... Looking over, um, looks at like Moss Eisley when he's on on the cliff top, which, and it was the twin suns and just that looks very sci-fi. And how they changed that, I, they kept like the land speeder, and I think you can you can see the droids, but it just also gives me kind of rave vibes as well because he looks like he's got a massive staff. Honestly, mate, the, the some of the ones which we didn't see of Tatooine as well. It's just and another one. Is, so I'm also interested in the ones that we didn't see, like the famous shot of the. The stormtroopers with the lightsabers and things like that, and kind of begs the question of what could it have mm. been if they, if the mm. bad guys had all had lightsabers, and you know it wasn't just a Jedi's weapon.
0: Well, that's where that's where George comes in, right? Because that all those ideas, they're they're kind of in his head, and it's the collaboration between the both that makes it so magical, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah if, that's just really the story of the original trilogy but in particular that first film that 77 star wars you know a new hope as we we know it now it's a collaboration project like there are so many people that just helped out and made that film what it was um at the center of course is george but without ralph without just an abundance of all this talent it's just it's just not the same story um and just talking about these designs mate you know i think it's Amazing that his, his designs are usually not wasted. Like you mentioned, um, the original uh, design for Jabba's Palace being used as Nima outposts in The Force Awakens. Um, of course, another one is the uh, Sith um, throne in yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. That is an original Ralph uh, design. But also, big shout out to the animated world. And you've got to give credit to Star Wars Rebels here, yeah. because Star Wars Rebels, especially the more you get into it, is so Macquarie. It's, it's so Macquarie. It, of
2: it. And not just big boy Zeb, but the landscapes, man.
0: The, the landscapes, absolutely. So Zeb, Zeb is based on the original design for Chewbacca right same with chopper chopper's like the original design that that Ralph came up for for R2 um like there there's so much there is so much and once again that is just like a few nods like the lightsabers even you know they're super thin they're like little sticks aren't mm-hmm. they but that again is because in the in the Ralph McQuarrie, uh concept art the lightsabers were a lot more skinny and slim like little toothpicks you know it, oh mate mate i love it mate and it, it it just looks absolutely
2: gorgeous he wasn't bad of a brush was he and I, and I just think that the trench run run he visualized the trench run in 77 and it just it just looks incredible mate and you think about like you mentioned the sci-fi that had come before obviously my mind goes to someone like kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey very bright very white very kind of very stylistic and Then you get this and this, it would have been easy just to do another 2001 um, takeoff. But the the fact that they didn't do that and that uh, Macquarie gave us this lived in alongside George, of course, it gave us this particular lived in world. Honestly, it's, I'm just looking at the images now. I'm literally looking at them now and it's just, I could, the amount of these, which I could say, right, I, I want that one on my wall. I'll take that one as well, please mate. And I want this one There's a shot of the Falcon as it's, caught in the tractor to of a Death Star. And that's exactly the same as I used on screen, on screen mate. It's, and I'm so glad that you mentioned of the Mandalorian as well as Rebels, because it's so good to know that whilst we've got people like Doug Chang, uh, who we know we're going to speak about in, other, in another show one day, who's now flying the flag, but that they're using these concept art, so They want Macquarie to, you know, not just be part of the history, but to remain relevant, to remain part of the... Furniture and that's it and that's, and, that's, and that's I firstly that's the greatest tribute you can give to any concept artist the fact that you know f- forty something years later you're still going back to his well in order to keep this uh universe galaxy going, and not just that but they're using it respectfully, but in ways that actually further the story in terms of Zeb, of course, it's the old truebacker design. And now Zeb is a beloved character in the uh, galaxy. You mentioned going forward, as you go into like seasons three and four in Rebels, it is like a beautiful tribute to Macquarie. Uh, The the Clone Wars is full of them as well. Clone Wars has a lot of Macquarie um, concept art throughout as well. And animation almost seems like the logical step to go, you know, from from these paintings to animation. But the fact that they managed to bypass that and do feature film first, uh, as a film dude, I find you know, I just find it fascinating and this was a different time as well. Obviously now it's all done digitally. You can, you can come up with concepts, not quickly, but you can come up with very good concepts in 3d or now using the volume and stuff like that, or just using Photoshop back then, this is all hand drawn and hand painted. So it's almost, they were pieces of art. That is another testament to the man as well, that he could create not just great concept art for a film, but beautiful pieces of art that again, I, I would have some of these on my wall and, I mean the further you go into the trilogy, like the Hoff scenes, they some these are just taken straight off. Like the the, the defence gun on Hoff, the reb, that the Rebels use, is a, is just straight up what they use. Um Luke running away from the downed attack the down speeder of the attack. And even as they go mm-hmm. to Dagobah, it's just oh, how I, I can't pit fathom you know how you'd get to that <laughs> point. I mean I can't I can't even draw a stick man. And then I'm just looking at the one of Cloud City, which may be the best thing I've ever seen, the orange one. And I just think, you know, how? How do you do it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know, mate. Do you know what? One of my favourite ones is the uh, concept art of uh, Yoda in his little cave (laughs) uh, with Luke. And it's like you can see how the idea is there, but you can see how it actually changed. And once again, that's collaboration, isn't it? That's that's it's all about having kind of Ralph's foundation and then working from it, you know, from George's ideas, but then other people will come and help out on this, this and this. And it's, it is just absolutely incredible. And the way you're right. It just, it feels like you could put these posters up in most homes. And I'm talking like, we're talking about the billion dollar apartments up in London yeah in central london like you could have just a very subtle macquarie poster somewhere and it just looks it looks class you could have it in your geek room in my future geek room yeah In, in in matt's crib do you know what i mean like you could you could put a lot of this stuff there and it will look very elegant it will look stylish and and it's it's timeless it is timeless and once again it is it's a testament to ralph's ability because george looked at this stuff and he was like yeah Yeah, and you've you've got it. You have got it. Like the it's on record as people saying, "Oh, how do you want this, George? What do you want? Oh, just go with what Ralph draws. That's what George would say. Just do do what do what Ralph's done, and just go with that. And I just think that's incredible. And, And once again, to know that this this young man at the time, like, came from you know doing these 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 concepts and drawings for companies like boeing and ah oh, and news coverage it's just absolutely surreal it really is surreal and do you know who wins out of this it's us we're the winners out of this because we see this and we're the ones that have our imaginations captured mm-hmm. by this magnificent art and if it isn't you know dare i say you know if it weren't for ralph Macquarie, would we have would, would we have like i'm gonna go out on one now but like lord of the rings and stuff you know would lord of the rings quite be the same would harry potter even you know these huge mega franchises that aren't even connected to sci-fi mm-hmm. but what ralph did was he just made it very lived in he made it almost realistic even though it's complete fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, just go back and look at like other concepts and other drawings and styles before Ralph McQuarrie. And it was all just a little, I don't know, just different, just different started.
2: Ralph McQuarrie changed the world. He really did. But mate, if, if without, I, I still hold dear. I mean, there are, there are lots of ingredients that went into making this star Wars cake, but without Ralph McQuarrie that you don't get star Wars because, you know, George, George was trying to fo- to pitch this to Fox and other studios. If you don't have these images for that first film from Ralph Macquarie, does this film get picked up? Because a lot of people are already thinking, you know, like, there's skepticism before the film was made and whilst it was being made, and even before, even when it was finished, like we mentioned in our episode about the first one, even the studio I was trying to can it off as like a um, as a as a write off. Without Macquarie's work um, art, though, it doesn't even get to that stage. So without Macquarie, there is there is no Star Wars, and I mean, you mentioned fantasy. There are some very fantastical um, pieces of art in this. You know, there's one of like a massive troll on Endor, which literally is like about seventy feet tall. There's one which looks like the mines of Moria, uh, and obviously Palpatine's lava belair. So there are some more fantastical elements, but mate, for the most part, these are very lived in. These are fa- fa- these are just snapshots of a galaxy far, far away and snapshots of a genius at work. And you are right. We are the, we are the benefactors of this. And I know everybody knows who Ralph is, but do honestly, guys go back and just relook at all of the art, not just like the the fame with the classic ones, but go back and just look at the ones that didn't make it. The ones from empire, the ones from Jedi, because obviously they become more refined as we go on, Mm -hmm. but there's absolutely stunning ones, especially when we get into Return of the Jedi, there are some absolutely insane pieces of artwork in there. And um, he's inspired other artists. You mentioned Doug Chang, but Ian McKaig, Matty Alsop, Russell Chong, James Klein, everybody who contributed to the art of books that we've all got on our coffee tables all came from Ralph McQuarrie's uh, inspiration. And we know we follow artists on socials who are inspired by Ralph. Ralph got them into this. And, you know, it's a legacy that goes on. And on and on and on and on. And I'm going to put you on the spot now, mate. But if I had to say to you, right, here's here's a grand, because of course it only cost a grand, here's unlimited money. (laughs) Unlimited money. You can have one. (laughs) Unlimited. (laughs) Unlimited funds. You can have one piece of Macquarie, an original Macquarie piece of art. What one would you have? And it goes on your wall and you've got unlimited cash. Oh, my God. It's a tough one. one. I ask you that, no, and I haven't even answered that myself because it's so-
0: no, that's a tremendous question. Um, okay, so oh man, there's a few, it's so naughty. There's a few, and now I, I, I'm pretty sure this was easier to answer last week, and now <laughs> we've been just ago. investigating again. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like just going through these images, I'm like, mate, these just look absolutely incredible. Um, I would be really tempted by, you know, there's that picture of the Falcon in Moss uh, Moss Eisley, yes, um, just docked, and you got the crew. They're just small figures, yeah. And it's just, it's just like a wide shot. It's just in in my head. You look at that; that is mm-hmm. Star Wars. You know, I would be really, I'd be really tempted by that. I'd be really, really tempted by that. Other ones is there's the concept of a Chewbacca, like with a gun, like going to shoot like a Stormtrooper. Um, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. And if I had to go for one more, one that does jump out at me mm-hmm. is a Luke in the Bacta tank for the Empire Strikes Back concept art. And it's like a red glowing tube. I just think the colour... The use of color in that is just absolutely gorgeous. It's just it's again, it's so Star Warsy. It's so Star Warsy. Um, it, but I'd probably go for the Moss Eisley one. What about you, mate? What do you think?
2: Um, well, I mentioned that one of Cloud City with the orange background and the and the cloud car coming into um, coming close to the foreground. That is just an insane amount of detail in a painting. So that one, potentially, because I love the orange colours of it, there's there's one a bit later on from, I think it's from Jedi, but it's almost like a Coruscant evening type thing where you've got these kind of cones which are lit up. There's people inside them and at the top there's these blue lights and there's a cities in the background and people milling around. It looks like it could be like Moscow or something. It's a really abstract art deco piece of art. And I'd I'd love to have a bit of that. In in the old um, Lad Pad, but um, obviously there's the, the the classic ones, but I think it'd be Cloud City, that that Coruscant one, I think, or again if I'm going to have unlimited cash, and I was allowed to have a, have an extra one, there is one I think which is really sweet is the one I mentioned earlier on which is Luke looking over or the young uh, Jedi looking over at Mos Espa. Bright blue sky, twin suns, land speeder. Because that, mm-hmm. I can say that is just scream Star Wars to me. Even though when we see it in reality, it's a little bit more dirtied up, even more so. But there's something about that. It, it, it's a it's just a, a long wide shot. There's a vast expanse, but at the same time, there's like there's two suns. There's the land speeder. There's those droids. It's not quite Earth. It's not quite what we've come to know. It's just something you could wake up in the morning and think, "Yep, that's wow. going to get me ready to start my day."
0: Vast expanse, eh? All I think of is uh, old Ben Swolo in the Last Jedi, <laughs> the vast expanse of it. His-
2: uh, I wouldn't put a cow on this work or on Ben Swolo.
0: No, they're both works of art, aren't they? So oh, both
2: both chiselled, both sculpted. Yes,
0: precisely, precisely,
2: mate. Uh, the, the impact and legacy of Ralph Macquarie cannot be understated. We know that you guys out there all adore the great man himself, but it's in doing an episode about Ralph, it, it's almost kind of, we could almost have just basically said, is Ralph Macquarie great? Yep. Onto the bantina. but it's because, you know, it's almost a foregone conclusion, but it's nice to dive into some of the works and just expand a bit more about the man himself. And honestly, what that man has given us and continues to give us, and I'm sure we'll do in future iterations of Star Wars, because everyone the up and coming artists all go back to Macquarie. He is the legacy. He is the bar. There is there is no going above that. Ralph Macquarie is the bar. He's the barometer here. And I'm excited to see what future animation, what future films give us or TV shows that draw upon what Ralph Macquarie started all those years ago, mate.
0: Ah, oh, I love it, mate. I love it. This has been a really, really, really fun episode to record, man. And just doing the research for it. What I strongly recommend is after the show, of course, of um, course. going on the old Google images and just go, just go through, read up some Ralph Macquarie, look at the artwork, because I know we've got a lot of artists that, and creatives that listen to the mm-hmm. pod and, i'm sure they're just like really appreciating this and they've been inspired and seen it all before anyway but it really is just lovely to revisit this topic and go over it but really to conclude this who better than to conclude this main discussion than the legends of lucasfilm themselves matty boy should we play the uh should we play the audio and see what people really think of ralph
2: mate, let's do it, let's do it. Lucas, Sansweet, Chang, Russell Chung, John Berg, Lorne Peterson, Dave Filoni. Let's let's hear
1: you.
3: I think uh, magic just pours out of him. Ralph is a really sweet guy, so cooperative and worked so hard and really wanted things to be right and he was so easy to work with. Ralph was a gentle man in every meaning of that word. And most of all, Ralph was a storyteller and and George was a storyteller, which is why I think they got along so well. For me, Ralph will always be remembered as uh, just a, a great, great person who uh, just made phenomenal images out of words, you know, out of, of George talking or him reading the script. One of the qualities I really admired about Ralph is how gentle and humble he he was. Um, I've never met a more talented person than him. And for him to be the person who he is, you know, just artistically, you know, with his sense of design and painting skills. But I really liked his sort of gentleness and his approach. Ralph always has that uh, kind of a sly grin or uh, a small chuckle on his face or a smile and... and, uh, he always looks like he's enjoying himself, that was for sure.
2: You know, he's he's one with the force, you know, literally. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody more one with the force than Ralph. In a lot of ways, he designed the force. What is that? Is that intangible? I don't know. But Ralph does, he would. He could design it. Mm-hmm.
0: Hi, I'm Ken Napsok, author of Why We Love Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast.
2: So, uh, on, after that, I think it'd only be right to uh, grab a couple of Kef beers and uh, have one or two for, for Ron Cobb and for Ralph McQuarrie as well. And it just so happens to be that the Bantina is over there for us, mate. Shall we? Oh, oh, oh mate, of course. Of course, let's do it. Big hunk of a man. So as we do, for those who are new, we, we are in the Bantina, we sit down, have a couple of kef beers, and we're joined by you guys. We always want to hear what you guys think of our main discussion, because you are, of course, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. So here's what you guys thought this week.
0: Yes, and to kick us off, it is none other than Larissa, Dark London Art.
1: Ralph's
2: works timeless and such an inspiration to artists everywhere. But mostly to science fiction art, we get such amazing concepts that we wouldn't have otherwise. That are such unique icons to the Star Wars universe.
0: Love it, love it. It's true. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. It, it, it's such a. It's such a straightforward message. Really, really love that, Larissa, because. We love Ralph. We love Ralph.
2: Yep, yeah, well said, Larissa. So thank you so much for that. And check out Larissa, Dark, dark London Art on, on all socials for some wonderful Star Wars arts herself. Brock Bellinger, he said, Ralph McQuarrie's work shaped the visuals of Star Wars and the aesthetics of this universe. His artwork brought a distinct image to George Lucas's vision and continues to influence Star Wars stories today, especially the design of Star Wars Rebels. And Neil Lowry, the king of positivity, said he evoked the magic of Star Wars in pictures so much so that you could almost reach in and be there yourselves. And I love that, Neil. So thank you so much for that, mate.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, up next, we've got Takari Holder, who said, I honestly don't think the franchise would be the same without Ralph Macquarie behind it. He visually conceptualized some of the most memorable and iconic on-screen imagery we all came to know and love today. In that regard, I believe he's just as important as George Lucas. Ah, well said, mate. Uh, Sanchez Artwork said, I think the most interesting thing about going through his work is seeing the many Star Wars that could have been. There was more emphasis in the early development on the idea of the twin warriors or Jedi. Leia would have been perhaps closer to a Rey character in such a scenario, with Luke and her both training and fighting with the Jedi art. But this is just one example. Spent many hours as a kid drawing Ralph's stuff long before going to art school, but it was nonetheless formative. Ah, oh, absolutely brilliant love those comments thank you so much guys
2: yep i agree and uh, to end this off for your thoughts we've got another audio clip and this is from another fantastic artist uh, luke tobias here's what he had to say ralph Macquarie was a modern day master there's no doubt about it his works inspired a whole generation
0: of artists i think it's incredible the way that he came up with a whole
2: visual style of Star Wars and if you look at some of those original concepts they're just mind-blowing and they're so ahead of their time. I use a lot of Star Wars references
0: in my work so I personally have a lot to thank him for. His legacy lives on in popular culture really. Anything you see that's space related has
2: somehow been influenced by Star Wars which was originally visually realized by Ralph Macquarie. A huge thanks to the guys at Star Wars Sessions for asking me to take part in this. Can't wait for the next show. Nice one, another another king called Luke. And yeah, I agree, mate. The the legacy lives on, and it's so sweet to see how many up and coming artists are have touches of Macquarie or just name drop Ralph himself. And with the body of work Ralph has given us, he's not going to be forgotten ever is the name and the legacy and the work lives on so thank you so much for that mate
0: yes absolutely and guys if you're not following luke tobias on instagram do it it's just literally luke tobias no spaces instagram he does amazing artwork he's selling some really cool upcycle prints at the moment but he also collaborates with some like uh bootleg toy makers which is incredible that's like a whole thing that i'm starting to get really interested in so uh yeah go go check out luke on instagram for that because he is just one of many artists that have been so inspired by our boy ralph macquarie
2: Yep. thank you everyone and there thank you everyone who sent in the messages and for those who we didn't shout out this week please do continue to uh to comment and engage on our posts and we'll get you on the show in the in the coming weeks so uh as usual we always get quite a few we can't mention them all but Uh, Do know that we love every single one of your comments and voice messages and and every bit of engagement. So, guys, thank you so much for this week's Bantina contributions.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that takes us to the next section of the Bantina. And that is, of course, the Patreon question. Questions? Questions. Uh, And our first Patreon question is from familiar lad. Um, he's a bit of a spicy legend. Um, it's uh, Sean Hudson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Matt. Uh, he sounds um, familiar. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's from like the Isle of Wight or something. I don't know. Uh, Sean goes on to say, I'm sat with Alex Jessup and we are having our own podcast with a couple of Isaacs. Oh, filth mate. If there was a fancy pod race League in Star Wars, what would you call your crew? We have a fancy football league called The Blywalkers, if anyone fancies it. Much love, Big Hud. Oh, what a gangster. <laughs> this is, yeah, no, I, I love this question. It, it, Matty boy, this, uh, this stranger has uh, popped
2: up and asked this question. What are you thinking, big boy? Um, well, I'm liking the name drop of a couple of Isaacs, a couple of um, Isaac Pevys, a couple of Bevys. So uh, shout out to that. I'm assuming that not long after that message, Jester got into a fight and was ejected from yes. the uh from the establishment. What would I call I my so. pod racing crew if I had one? Ah, uh, pod race crew. This is a tough one because there's so many. Um you, I could call them the spinners, because that's a good trick, you see. Um oh. the Kanji crew. That's a really tough one because the ground has been taken, uh, that would have been an that would have been an ideal one. So uh, I to be honest, uh, this is a bit of a cop out. Any one of the eighty-three Blypuns is what I'd call them. So the Blyba Crystals, the, the Blythorians, the uh the Blyohexacrypts, any Blypun I would use for my pod racing team. Other than that, just a bit of old jabber flow otherwise, but what about you, mate? Oh, that's a pretty good one. I like it. Um, I have to apologize first and
0: foremost that I'm not on the uh fantasy football league um i was actually do you know what i was actually gonna join but it was impossible for me to do uh and i will i will tell you why um because it, it kind of answers the question my name was gonna be called just Kanja club <laughs> and Kanja club tell that to canja club uh, ended a show little easter egg there no. if uh then you know i'm just gonna leave that there um yeah Kanja club spelt with like k's yep. like canja then club both with the k's isn't it and I was going to have a football team where every single position was filled with someone where their, their surname begins with a K. <laughs> like every single one. And guess what? Yeah. In the Premier League, in the English Premier League, there is not one goalkeeper with a surname that begins with K. So it kind of ruined the joke. And at that point, I was like, I'll oh, forget it. There was, but forget it's been it. sold
2: today. Is he really? Glorious, Loris Karius, the old Liverpool keeper. But he's been sold. So, so even then, it would have been redundant. Or he's just sent out alone. loan. He didn't come up
0: on uh, my old fantasy football because I was trying to find one. He didn't come up. but
2: There you go. Fantasy football. There we Get go.
0: Hey, there we go. It was going to be Kandra Club, but um, another one would uh, this was my backup but at this point i kind of just like i was like oh i kind of forgot about it a little bit to be honest um but another one would be um wait for this the dark lords of the sack (laughs) 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 followed by a cheeky tinny getting (laughs) open (laughs) i thought it was a rubicon but still
2: the oh you know hey Listen, Rubicon is filth, mate. I'm all about the Rubicon. Right, sparkling guava tonight, but the messy intent was still there. That is quality.
0: (laughs) Oh, mate. You know what? Rubicon used to taste a lot better, though, I think, before the sugar tax in old Blighty. Uh,
2: Yes, Jamie Oliver. It's like uh, K.A.
0: K.A. as well. K.A. like black grape. Yeah, I know. Tasted different. It, you know, it was a lot better. But now it just, I don't know, it just doesn't taste right. But there we go. That is my answer. I love it, Shawnee boy. That is a quality answer. Keep them coming, geezer. Uh,
2: yes, mate. Thank you, uh, big bro. Uh, moving on, we've got a question from Robert Lawson. You may have heard of him up top. He says, I'm really excited to have joined the Sessions Patron Club. And we're very excited to have you on board, mate. Hope you guys are doing well and having a blast making the podcast as ever. So for my first Patreon question... You time travel back to the 1970s and bump into a young filmmaker called George Lucas. He wants to know what you think of his idea for a sci-fi fairy tale. Do you just tell him it sounds great or do you put forward some spicy ideas to change the film for the better? What would you suggest? May the force be with you. Lukey boy, what on earth would you say to a young George Lucas if he said, I've got an idea for this Petra?
0: Well, listen, Okay, we're already talking to each other, aren't we, Robert? yeah so me and george we're sitting there we're chatting i'm in i'm in okay he's asked me a question i'm in mate Mm -hmm. i'm in so i go look george let me come on set mate let me come on set because he's in london i'm assuming because we're up london we're at the pub and we're having a good time i go george sit there mate let me get you a pint of london pride i get him another pint we've had a few and at this point, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much part of the crew. I'm pretty much part of the filmmaking experience. And do you know what I do? I make sure that Mark Hamill's hair is still wet once he's out of the trash compactor. That's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. I'm not really changing much else. One thing I might say is that the jewel just needs a little bit more spice, George. You know, what do you mean spice? You know, spice, George. You know, like filth. You know curry. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh yeah, I've never had a curry. And then I'm like, George, you've never had a curry? Are you joking me, mate? And then, yeah, exactly. And then we go to Brick Lane, in London, for a curry. So, um, that's pretty much the answer to the question, Robert. I hope (laughs) I hope that's answered it somewhat. Um, Matty boy, what about your fine self? What are you saying? about this marvellous question
2: oh yeah he needs to be faster more intense is what i tell him i give him a taste of his own medicine it's a tough one though because if you look at it from 1977 eyes it would it would probably be quite easy to look at that and be like you need to change all of this mate and make it more quote-unquote traditional sci-fi rather than what it ended up being but i don't know looking now i don't know maybe have luke and leia actually look up really look upset that their adoptive parents have been killed sitting there with a young George Lucas his passion, his perseverance that would be enough to convince me that he was on to something great and obviously many others did as well alongside yeah George Lucas Spielberg, Ralph Macquarie, Ron Cobb all bought into this idea of a young George Lucas so if those guys thought it was good enough for them it's good enough for me but yeah maybe looking at it be like well just like you said little things here and there which we notice like the wet hair or Alderaan's blown up look a bit sad so, just little things like that, but in terms of the story, no. I mean, because we've seen the earlier drafts, haven't we, in our episode? And some of those early drafts aren't good. So, I think I'd say to them, no, to stop whilst you're ahead, mate. But yeah, that's a damn good question, that is. <laughs> Robert, we want to know what would you change, Robert, and Sean as well. We need to, we want to know your take on this as well. And everyone listening, patron or not, we want to hear your take on these questions. Yeah. So, what would, would you have told a young George Lucas to, you know? you know, shift up and change a few bits, or do you think it would have been... Do you think you would have just let him get on with it? Well, Alex Jessup
0: would have uh, probably just punched him. <laughs> <laughs> ripped his shirt off, ripped his shirt off, grabbed... <laughs> grabbed himself up. Nearest, yeah, grabbed the nearest oil substance... <laughs> Oiled himself up because he's a buff ting anyway. And he and he went to, he just went, he went, put him up, George. You're got to get a deck your mate. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what are you doing? I just want to make my Watch. picture. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's it.
2: Exactly. He'd have, so... he'd have been like George, that cantina scene. Why, why is Kenobi cutting his arm off when he could just be giving him some fisticuffs? You know, he'd have been yes. more, more fighting needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So More fists. We know your answer already, Jessup. So if anyone else agrees, <laughs> more fighting needed. Let us know. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got one more yeah. for this week, haven't we, mate? Yeah, we have, we have, and
0: it's from our boy Cuddy Briggs, uh, who who asks, What is your favorite baby Yoda moment from Mandalorian season one? For me, it's when the duo lands on Sorgon and Mando tells the child not to move from the seat. It then cuts to the ramp of the Razor Crest opening in which the child appears. Mando gives up, allowing the child to follow. We then get to see his cute little waddle through the forest, following his Dadalorian. I love it. I love it. It's a great, great choice there. Uh, my boy, what is your answer to this fantastic question, mate?
2: Uh, As soon as I read this from our boy, Cuddy, is he Canadian or is he from Florida? You decide. I don't know. Somewhere in between, maybe. He's somewhere from that continent, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I thought of, mate, and my only answer to this, not just... Obviously, the obvious answer is every single moment that he's in it. But for me, it's the moment in the finale when he holds back the fire. That is insanely cool. Because we've seen Baby Yoda use use force tricks throughout different episodes. But this time... Obviously, to save the crew, because you've got the flametroopers about to destroy them, basically, about to melt their flesh. Uh, and Baby Oda just stands up, pans up, and pushes the fire back and saves everyone, and it's an insane ability to have an insane amount of power from somebody so small. Yes, he's 50 years old, or it's 50 years old, but the power in that moment and the score, but it does show that, yeah, look, he's a great marketing toy. He's a great ploy to get kids to watch. But in terms of the story, this this child means business. So, yeah, when he's holding back the fire in the season finale for me, mate, was just boss. But
0: what about you, man? Mm, That's a great answer, man. Man, our patrons give us such good questions. They're filth, aren't they, all of them? They are are absolutely brilliant. Um, Right, so Cuddy... Uh, I, I'm a real sucker for, like, the cute stuff. Two come to mind. Again, really sorry. Uh, I, but I do have, I think I have a favourite, but I just need to shout this one out. Mostly because I watched it the other day. Um, and it's actually in Chapter 4. Yeah. And it's just when Baby, Mando, and Cara Dune are having a fight. Guns pulled out on each other. He's just sitting there sipping. right? Sipping from He's just having a little drinky drink. And he's just like... <sighs> And just looking at him, it's just, it's incredible. It really done, is yet? just, it's incredible. Um, but I think my favourite one is, because it just gets me every time, is, uh, hey, baby, do the magic hand thing. <laughs> and he just waves back, like, with a little smile. He's got, like, a tiny little smile, little noise. And I'm like, oh, man, this Cobra is so weird.
2: Afterwards, which is like,
0: what are you talking about, mate? Yeah exactly they're like what 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 is going on like it is just it's so odd isn't it that we love this stuff like when you really just like peel it all back it's just it's so weird what we're doing of ourselves yeah but it is it's just it's wonderful it's wonderful storytelling yeah i love that moment mate but yeah fantastic question there are so many incredible moments with a little baby in mando season one, so I can't wait to see what they do with him in season two
2: no well we've got that moment in the trailer where he closes little is it egg which was uh the highlight of the trailer for most people, but mate you're right there's so many big moments and little moments, big moments like when he's giving the kids when the kids are cuddling him on ep- in, in episode four and he's kind of on the edge of, on the back of that wagon watching them as he drives off, thinking, you know I just want to play." To to obviously when they first meet him, when we're like, what is this bounty? What what you know, what is what is Mando trying to get? And it's this little baby Yoda, and then from there it's just gone on to like just the zeitgeist, popular zeitgeist. guys. And season two, I can't wait for this time next year when Cuddy asks the same question. You know, what's our favourite season two moment? Because I think we're gonna have a lot of them. But one more time, guys out there, favourite baby Yoda moment from season one. Let us know what yours are. And again, to all of our questions, thank you. We'd love to hear from you guys so. That pretty much wraps up our time in the Bantina. So the glasses are empty with a lovely Kef beer. And uh, Bantina, barman, sorry about the mess, but we'll see you again next week.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. Game. game, Matt. Matt, are you game? I'm game. <laughs> You're game. That's right. It is another episode, another week. That means it is another Star Wars sessions game. And apparently, Matt is game this week. I am hosting the game. Matt, are you ready, big boy?
2: I'm game. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, that's it. So this is yes, this is actually called uh, the Star Wars Professional Personality Quiz, and this is this is actually done by a professor. No way. Yeah, this is actually this is actually done by a professor who's a psychologist. He's a massive Star Wars fan. His name is called Roy Kidmore, and um, this he, he narrows it down to ten questions, and it actually gives you like a crazy in-depth answer to some seemingly really like simple um, questions. So we're going to do this, okay? We're going to do a Star Wars professional personality nice. quiz. There's ten questions, and we're going to see what your answer is. Are you ready, mate?
2: Well, I'm game, Naughty Boy. This is, this is a new one, so I'm
0: interested. Let's do it, man. Okay, all right. You'll see uh, some Star Wars themes when you, wait, when you, um, when you uh, play this. So let's get into it. The first question is, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up? There are four options to each question, by the way. So the first one is, I want a massive breakfast. How can I help defeat Kylo Ren? Toast or cereal? Or is it Saturday?
2: Uh, genuinely is actually C, toast or cereal. Genuinely
0: is that. Yeah, uh, toast or cereal, right. Yeah. So we're going to log that one. What is your favourite film featuring animals? <laughs> the Jungle Book, the new version of The Lion King. That is specific.
2: Specific that one. Babe, like the one with the pig. Or Air Bud. Uh, it's it's got to be that little... Uh, that little um. Pork product. Babe, I saw that at the cinema Pork. in 1995, so I'm going babe. You absolute king, that's a good one. Um, which which job do
0: you really not mind doing? Washing up, vacuuming, folding clean laundry, or anything apart from taking the bin out?
2: Um. Oh, see, I'm a bit of a square. I don't mind doing any of them, really. Um... I quite like folding the clean laundry. There's something about um, getting those lines just right and those sharp corners. I think that's. But if I'm in a shop and I mess up a t shirt, I really struggle to um, fold it up properly. But I'm going to go folding clean laundry, mate.
0: Folding clean laundry, it is big boy.
2: My services are only available for my own house. I'm not going to come around and do anybody else's, apart from Luke's, of course.
0: Yes. But if, uh, listen, if the price is good, then, you know. Paying
2: Blue Moon and Pi, I'm there.
0: Yes. And Galactic Credits. <laughs>
2: yeah, and them. <laughs> Pick a
0: biscuit. Ginger snaps, Bourbons, Hobnobs, or Chocolate Digestives.
2: Man, that is a that is a tough one. You're asking a, a biscuit fiend which one he loves. Yeah. See, I'm not a tea dipper though, I don't dip it into tea because I think it spoil besmirches the taste of tea, but, um oh. see I'm torn between a hobnob or a chalky digestive. I listen. I'll go hobnob, mate. I'm all over the hobnob.
0: I love a hobnob. There you go. Ian I Blower. love a hobnob. Hobnobs are mental. The next time I... we have a
2: commentary, I'll bring. I'm bringing the hobnobs,
0: dude. I go to Asda and I pick up the Asda Zone They're like good. Cho- chocolate hobnobs. Yes, that 40p. I once ate a whole pack
2: of them in a shift at work, and I felt so Bro, bad afterwards. They are
0: absolute filth. Okay, all right. Next, next question. Okay, who is who's your favourite football player? Lionel Messi. Megan Rapinoe, yep. Cristiano Ronaldo, or Lucy Bronze? Rapinoe's the American.
2: Though. I feel like I should be repping Lucy Bronze because she's English. Uh, CR7 is the greatest of all time. Don't at yeah. me. Um, yeah, go, go. Done it Done it all over the world. Unlike, unlike that Messi, geezer. It's between. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Ronaldo. But shout out to yeah. Lucy Bronze for being very good in English.
0: That's such a that mate. That's such a. Uh, that's such a solid question. Um,
2: CR7 for me.
0: How long do you take to get ready for work? Absolutely ages. A matter of seconds. Exactly ten minutes, or it depends on whether the telly is
2: on. I mean, it's, it's hard to look this beefy every day. I mean, um, as Luke will attest. Yeah. I mean, with that hair, whoa. Um, not long, to be honest. It ten minutes.
0: Or to be honest, depends. I
2: say so. take me about 10 minutes in the shower, and I've only got to get dressed after, that and I'm pretty much done. So ten minute, I'm going to go for the 10-minute answer, man. We'll, we'll go for the 10. I think that's a fair one. Uh, I'm going to go for that. Uh, right, so question
0: seven. What's your favourite drink? A lot of these aren't Star Warsy at all. I don't know what this guy's what on. Um, what's your favourite drink? A cup of tea, sparkling water, orange juice, or something fizzy? <laughs>
2: This is really vague, isn't it? Something Surely isn't. there's
0: that's a little paradox there. You've got sparkling water and something fizzy.
2: Too actually. Who's this to professor? Who's this mug? Mate, mate. Hand your PhD in at the door. Um, Blilo mate. Ren's had you on toast there. Well, you know, we all know the answers to that. It's it's a cup of tea all day long. I'm English. A cup of yes. tea all day long. I drink too much of the stuff. So tea for me, Blilo. Matt's English and he loves an English rose. Oh, English rose. And rose. <laughs> uh... This is, this is wicked. I love the fact that they have got nothing to do with Star Wars, and I can't wait I see to see what it, the end result is. Well, here we go. Here we go. It's so who,
0: who's your, I think this is where it comes in, but a lot of this is deep, like, psychological stuff. Like, it's absolutely crazy. Like, there's a reason for each answer. Um, who's your least favorite Star Wars character? Hmm. Salacious B. Crumb, Greedo, Watto, or Jar Jar Binks?
2: Uh, well, it's not going to be Watto because... <laughs> <laughs>
0: it.
1: It's
2: not going to be Jar Jar because me nipper likes Jar Jar and Armour's a king. Greedo's a punk and Salacious just laughs a lot. So um, Greedo got shot in the stomach and Salacious got blown up on Jabber's barge. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say Salacious Crumb because oh. Greedo, you know, he, he gave us McClunky in the end.
0: Yes, the old breadcrumb. That's it. <laughs> okay, so so number nine, not long uh, left. What's the greatest of fruit or vegetable? Grapes, carrot, parsnip, or tomatoes? What greatest? I mean, that's that's high. am putting up on a pedestal there, mate. There's a, there's an interesting choice of words in this. Like you can tell it's done by
2: the you know, someone who's
0: really thinking about this.
2: I'm gonna go parsnip because I enjoy that. You could you can uh, mash it, boil it, put it in the stew. Potatoes, uh, parsnips for me. Okay, parsnips, interesting choice. Yeah, That's an interesting choice. Great. Okay,
0: so what is the best thing about a party? Dec- decorating the room, presents, the food, or dressing up. Now that's an interesting one, isn't it?
2: This is because... It, oh,
0: okay. That's a bit more adult
2: Because I can see where this... I can kind of see where they that would take about your mentality and personality on that one. Because they're all different. Do you like actually being active, looking good, eating, or whatever oh. the other one was? Um, oh. Presence. Um, so it's receiving, eating, looking good, or, you know, putting on something for other people in terms of getting their room ready. <sighs> yes food i think i generally do is it really i think it is because i mean look you go if you go into a party like housewarming party or something people get you gifts nice you may end up with something you don't like food you're generally going to be something you enjoy there making the place look nice i know it's fun but you've still got to take it all down at the end and looking good well as i mentioned 10 minutes and i'm looking good as it is so i'm gonna go for the food because you know good parties always got good food
0: Right, so this has been calculating in the background, mate.
2: Earth, is this going to say?
0: Uh, Which is wild. Oh. Oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> it's come up with... Error 404. <laughs> it's come up with um, Kylo Ren, and it says... <laughs> it says prone to bottled up anger... Um, probably needs to see some professional help. <laughs>
2: what? Uh, this game took a turn. Is this, is this real? We did mention about snoring fairies at the top of the show, but we're uh, only joking, uh, prof, Professor. Yeah, I know. It says um,
0: the the user needs to seriously consider seeking help For managing his life's issues, wow! Um, (laughs) It's going. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. joking. It's not. This is just like this is just a kids' quiz from the Beano.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was probably sucked in, and I was like, "What's what's going on?" I mean, imagine that on the air. I'm like, "Oh, oh, mate, Um, that's mental." oh uh, no you are luke skywalker oh nice does it say why no <laughs> <laughs> you, you just, you just, luke skywalker loves a good old hobnob
0: not he? listen to this you're a farm boy who happens to be a
2: legendary jedi
0: who <laughs> just happens plus, to be plus you love drinking a refreshing glass of blue milk
2: i said tea <laughs> there
0: we go so i don't know that's a pretty good answer you know, you're from Surrey,
2: so... I mean,
0: I mean, I mean with, again... Wo- I, I, Woking
2: is like the middle of nowhere, right? It's kind of. It's, if there's a bright centre <laughs> to the galaxy, Woking is the furthest from it, but... Yeah. I mean, without I mean, meaning, it's like a broken record. You, you may have to send me the link for that next week because I want to ask you these questions as well. Or oh, I'm going to find right. one similar because that was ill awesome.
0: Yeah, well, do you know what, mate? Um, sometimes you just need to take a quiz to know who you are.
2: That's it. And now that I've got so... deep rooted anger issues, and I am, I would, wouldn't mind being a mile wide like Ben Swallow, but. Um, and
0: this is that's kind of the joke is Matt is like one of the most placid people
2: I know, like <laughs> he is an absolute king. And he was like, What? I was trying to think, like, how does he I... eating hobnobs and like eating and enjoying food rather than dressing <laughs> I up make me a complete kind of like freak? <laughs> oh, the hobnob tells the hobnob tells all. <laughs> it was that, that great parsnip, but that was it for them. They're like, I've had enough of this. Uh, not the knob hobs. That's it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I do like a wheaty biscuit, but mate, that was a quality idea, so good answer. Good game, mate. Ah, oh, we love it, mate. We oh, love it. Well, I know and I've heard that the kids love it too. And as we mentioned last week, Nan Sessions. Nans love it too. That is that for this episode yeah. of Star Wars Sessions, episode eighty three, countdown to a hundred is on. The fun doesn't end there, no one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker?
0: They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. You can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. Or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or message to our email address sws at what I uk And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions.
2: We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple podcast Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Deezer. Everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. You're going to find us there. And if you do love our show, as we mentioned up top, please do consider leaving us a good review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. Head on over to podchaser.com as well. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's getting bigger and bigger. We're on there. So please drop us a review on there as well to help us grow. And we love hearing from you guys each and every week. So from both of us, thank you so much
0: absolutely and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum tell your dad tell your mates tell your cats tell rororon korob yeah google it tell your ewok tell your cousin the more the merrier and their castle
2: spicier so tell your anger management pushing professor this is the podcast you're looking for so until next time from me see ya, and from luke
0: May the force be with you. Always. Hobnobs. Ah, love a hobnob session.
1: Back to Kanji Club.